You've reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. We're here. We're starting a new week. Oh my God, we took a week off and the internet it blew up. Yeah. With news. That was the wrong thing. They, they were all furious that we took a week off. <laughs> I know, right? Was, I couldn't believe it. It's like just everybody went nuts. Uh, let's see. Disney pretty much was behind all of the, <laughs> the internet just going crazy uh, for yeah. the most part. So we'll get into all of that. Uh, we are starting a new show. Jessica cannot join us this week, but we have John. Hey. And we have Steven. That's me, baby. And we are going to be talking about Carnival Row on Amazon Prime Video. So, hope you guys were able to watch that at least the first episode before we talk, start talking about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> first story I want to talk about, though, is Andy Muschietti has confirmed that he is going to direct the Flash movie over at DC with Ezra Miller. So, Ezra Miller contract has not lapsed, as most people thought was going to happen, and uh, Andy Muschietti describes the story as a beautiful human story. I don't know if that <laughs> it makes anything. I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> they're talking they're, they're the referencing the fact that Ezra Miller is handsome. They're saying it's a beautiful human story. Uh, oh, I'm reading that. <laughs> I'm putting the wrong emphasis on the yes. wrong word. Okay, I got it. Uh, this is a movie that's gone through so many different directors at this point. Like, what do you are either one of you looking forward to a, a flash movie, especially a flash movie with Ezra Miller as Barry Barry Allen? Yes, I am. Okay. I like Ezra Miller and I mean I if they do a live uh well, a big budget version of what we got as far as I'm sure this is gonna be an origin story. We're gonna find out why his dad's in jail and all that stuff. I mean, most casual fans probably won't know, but anybody who's seen the Flash T V show or knows the comics even a little bit will know like what happened there, how you know, the reverse flash is a big part of his history and all that. And I'd like to see a big screen adaptation of that because the TV version is kind of lame. <laughs> Honestly, I just kind of want to, I want to see who they cast as the reverse flash. That's, that's my biggest thing. Um, I don't know. I, I as I like Ezra Miller for the most part, and most of everything I've seen him in, but his Barry Allen is, and it might not be his fault. His fault. It's it's Zack Snyder, and then it's Joss Whedon, like telling him what to do. So I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I I'm all in for his Barry Allen yet. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't think I I think right now we're in a weird place where it's like, oh, do we continue doing things from these Scott Snyder movies? What we <laughs> Zack Snyder. Again? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wrong one. Wrong Snyder. <laughs> I'm sure Scott, Scott Scott Snyder would be like, yeah, let's make some of my stuff into movies. 
but yes, we'll, we'll see how long Andy Muschietti stays on this project. Is there going to be an over-under on when he quits? Is any- <laughs> well, when is it set to start production? Oh, I don't even think that we've gotten that far with no. this yet. I don't think anybody's like really... Filming sometime in 2020. Let's see, with a potential uh, release date of 2021. So at the latest, it would have to start, I think, in early 2020. Sometime in January, I and was thinking. Yeah. So I'm guessing that when Birds of Prey comes out in February of 2020, that's next month, March. You'll probably be like, uh, Andy Machete will be like, ah, I don't think I want to be a part of this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who had six months? Who had six months? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what, that's what I'm saying. Telltale Games. You know, they all went away, but guess what? They're coming back oh. in POG form. Yeah. In POG? <laughs> no, that was just the I was like, Simpsons what? reference. Simpsons I did reference. not hear this aspect of this story. No, yeah. Uh, I think you had a little bit of information about that, right, Stephen? Yeah, so um, the internet lit up like just as soon as this news got announced. Um, essentially, uh, there are a couple people who weren't involved with Telltale Games before in any way, shape, or form uh, who paid who paid money to pick up the name and licensing rights for all of the things that would still be held by Telltale Games. So things, um, obviously, Walking Dead properties, um, The the Wolf Among Us, and a couple other things that they that they worked on exclusively. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to still go forward with those things. Those things will be relisted on your digital storefronts and places like that. But it's still an odd one. Um, they're not, they're not going to do any of the things that Telltale had been announced as doing before. So the Stranger Things... Uh, game which was already as far as i know like well i i don't don't know about that one actually um but like their guardians of the galaxy game that was already in development a lot of the visuals for those things got shown when telltale games closed it was in a lot of people's portfolios and stuff like that um that's not happening those rights those reverted to their original owners uh and they said these two new people these two guys um one of which who only worked on some stuff uh like, like licensing and merchandising kind of stuff um for the havoc engine the game engine and then another person who worked in another capacity at a different games thing um those two guys they said that they're going to bring on some of the people who worked at telltale previously in a part-time capacity with a possible thing for full-time uh and contract work like it's all like freelance kind of stuff that they're offering to these people Hmm. so it feels a little bit less than genuine um they also talked about the fact that they think that um, Telltale's old episodic format is one that's that might not survive into their new products if they make those things. They said they like the bingeable nature of the world that we live in that Netflix has created. Interesting. Hmm. So it feels a little weird. Yeah. Well, their previous model did cause the company to fold, so I could kind of see why they'd be like, let's do something different. I, I, I don't even know if it was the... the there, there's been a lot of like talk here here and there about what caused Telltale to close. I think one of the biggest things was that they grew too fast. I yeah. mean, they, they went from being the company that did what? The Back to the Future game to being this massive company that had hundreds and hundreds of employees out of nowhere. Yeah, I think I think that I think you're right. I think it grew too fast because I would think that because uh, the idea was to sell a chapter of the game at a time, right? Until mm-hmm. the whole thing is out and then you could buy the whole thing as as one. I think that yeah. sounds like a a good business plan and that's that's even what they're doing with final fantasy for seven. Oh, and really? while i don't agree with it for that yeah they're gonna do it in chunks not as many chunks as the the telltale game model was uh and they're certainly bigger chunks they're fleshing things out mm. but 
it's still a thing that we're going to see going forward. It's kind of like a part one and part two to things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. <laughs> it's just interesting. Didn't you? You had another video game one, right? Did I? Someone? Someone? Had I, I, I have a couple of video games. Yeah. Let's hear, let's hear some more video game stuff. Okay. Um. So. Um, a couple of new games came out this week, and they're both fantastic. Um, one of which I haven't played because uh, I don't have a Switch. But um, it's a Astral Chain. It's getting like insane reviews. It's from oh, I forget their name right now. Uh, it's from Platinum Studios, uh, well renowned for all of the action things that they do. The story is getting good reviews. The visuals are getting good reviews, which is crazy considering it's on Switch. Uh, <laughs> but is, like, is people Switch, are really enjoying is, their game. Is Switch like known for not having good good uh, graphics? I mean, it's basically like, it's like a less powerful iPad. Oh, that's okay. The hardware. So I mean, it's not. It's not like a PS4 or Xbox One or anything like that. Yeah, it's not pushing it's, 4K or anything. Yeah, yeah. A lot. A lot of the games are um, locked to like a 30 frames per second kind of thing, which I think is fine. Um, but it's also like 720p for a lot of the games because mm. it's a smaller screen, even when it's docked and on the TV. A lot of them are still 720. Okay. Um. But then uh, the other game, which I did play and I love, is Control. Uh, Control is a new game from Remedy, the studio that did Alan Wake, uh, Max Payne originally. And it is a visual masterpiece when it's not chugging because it, it just came out. So there's patch patches that need to be released. But it's really good. For anyone who likes like heady stories, um, a lot of um, like uh, X-Files and... Uh, Twin Peaks kind of vibes. Mm. It's very cool. These, like the I visual aesthetics are gorgeous. Say again. Sounds like I need to get a Switch now. But that one, that one's only on uh, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Ah. There, there's no way, dude. That thing chugs on PS4 <laughs> normally. Like, there's no. It's not coming out on Switch. <laughs> I'll have to watch some Let's Plays about it then. <laughs> dude, honestly, like I, I really recommend it. It's very good. Uh, like high aesthetic things at it's is fantastic um if there's a game that you're thinking of buying like you're like uh, should i buy any games right now control is a very good one i couldn't recommend it more right now cool uh okay so then over talking about video games mortal kombat as we've been talking about is getting made into a movie again and we have found some of our actors we have joe Taz taslam as Sub Zero, Ludi Ludi Lin as Liu Kang. Ludi Lin was in uh, the Power Rangers movie that came out a couple years ago. Oh yeah, was he the Black Ranger? What? Yeah, I he was the so, Black yeah. Ranger. Yeah, the Asian one. He, that means he was all. He was the one from uh, Black Mirror, uh, Striking Vipers. Yeah, yeah, he was in Striking Vipers. Mm-hmm. Jessica McNamee Mc, McNamee is going to be Sonya Blade. Joe Lawson is going to be Kano. Which I know Joel Lawson from House of Lies with John Cheadle on Showtime. Uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce Raiden's name, but it's Tadanobu Wasano. There you go. Bravo. <laughs> uh, Makad Brooks is going to be Jackson Jax Bridges, who is most recently known for being uh, Jimmy Olsen on Supergirl. Sissy, oh, nice. S- Sissy Stringer? Stringer? That, that, that's why Jimmy's not going to be on the next season of Supergirl then. Yeah, he decided to leave. He I, And you know what? I don't blame him because they've really sidelined Jimmy's yeah. character in that show. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I, I can see why he'd be like, ah, just nothing's happening for me here. Like even yeah. they gave him the Guardian character and they still. It, it, was, it was bad. It that was. Gar- Guardian arc was bad. Yeah, it really was. And now he has superpowers, so he's just going to take off. <laughs> Sissy Stringer is going to be Melina, and Lewis Tan has a car- or has a uh, 
uh, role, but I don't think we know exactly who the role is yet. And if it's voiceover work, it could be uh, Goro, maybe. He's not. Louis Tan is a. He's like in. Uh, he's a pretty good martial artist. So I don't know if it's just going to be voiceover work. Oh. I'm sure he'd be somebody reptile. Uh, then we also recently got Chin Han to play Shang Tsung. You remember Chin Han as uh, the dude, the the banker dude from Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. What would you say his name was? Lao. Lao. Yeah, yes. Lao. Hmm. He he really he, he's really good at calculation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have uh, Hiroyuki Sonata as Scorpion. Now Hiroyuki, you might remember from. Uh, the Last Samurai, Wolverine. Um, he was in Endgame. He was the guy that uh, Ronan kills when you when we meet up with Clint Barton again. In, okay. Yeah. That guy doesn't look like Ken Watanabe. It, that's not Ken Watanabe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's correct. Uh, so yes, he's been in a lot of stuff too. Um, I like them in uh, Westworld. Yes, that's right. He was in Westworld. We talked about him when he was on the when we we talked about that show. So. I think it's looking like a pretty good cast so far. James Wan producing. Uh, I think it was Simon McQuad is directing. I don't know anything about him personally. I don't remember anything he's done. Uh, you guys, you guys, does anyone know what happened to Mackay Pfeiffer? <laughs> he's still in things. After, uh, what was it? Uh, he, he was in 8 uh, Mile. Eight mile. <laughs> oh. No, there was something. I think, he's on, I think he's on a TV show now, but I don't remember which TV show. Okay. He was on ER for the longest time. I, remember, I think I remember him from like New York Undercover or some show. He's probably on the, some police procedural. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, if they just flashed through my head, and I was wondering if anyone had any <laughs> Mackay Pfeiffer updates. Was that because of Makad Brooks? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sco- jumping over to the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, we have a couple new casting there. We have Nathan Fillion is joining the cast. It's no, no surprise, really, because he's in just about every one of James James Gunn's productions, movies. Uh, but we don't know what role he's going to play. Any suggestions from anybody of what role uh, Nathan Fillion could play? I'm assuming he's not going to get to be one of the big superheroes. Uh, he has been the voice of Hal Jordan for the for a long time in the animated universe, but hmm. I doubt that's what he's going to get to play here. Amanda Waller. That's right. He's going to be Amanda Waller. Vi- Viola Davis is going to have to step aside. <laughs> I'd like for him to be Hal Jordan. Yeah, I would love for him to be Hal Jordan. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> most likely. Dude, how awesome would that be, though, if they actually chose to do like backdoor pilot for like for an actual big movie that in would, Suicide Squad? That would be pretty incredible. I, I, I would be so happy. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what I thought was going to happen. Uh, in the first Suicide Squad, the one that was directed by David Ayers, I thought Common was going to be uh, John Stewart in in disguise, like as a right, as a criminal. Yeah, I don't like Common very much. I mean, that's fine. You don't have to like Common. <laughs> uh, I just thought that that was going to happen, but it didn't. Um, and then Steve Agee, the comedian who was last seen in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two as one of the Reavers. Yeah. Reavers uh, is going to be the voice, and I don't know if he's also going to motion capture or not, but he's at least the voice of King Shark, which I don't know if I'm okay with. Because <laughs> um, he's too funny, or what? I mean, that it kind of implies that all of his lines are going to be funny, like. Uh, but there's also like his. I don't know. King Shark to me seems like it should be a deep voice, and his is kind of like 
it's not. I wouldn't say it's high, but it's kind of high whiny. Oh, they could probably just process it and you know pitch it down. True, it'd be like a Groot thing, but in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it? I mean, is, is he going to turn King Shark into like his Drax of this world? That's what it sounds like. Now, isn't um, well. I'm, not too familiar with King Shark in the comics, and I think I only saw him in one episode of The Flash. Uh, is he like an articulate character, or does he just kind of do like Hulk smash type lines? Depending <laughs> on who's writing him, he can be both. Mm, he, he can, can. be either uh, Hulk smash, or he can be articulate. Ah, so then they can go either way. They we can don't go know either way. The, if it's Steve Agee, they're going to go with the articulate way. Yeah, and and he could either be a a Mako, a Great White, or a Hammerhead. I've correct. Seen, like, different versions of that. Too. That is correct. Uh, well, I think the most common one, though, and I'm sure this is the one he's going to go with is Hammerhead. Hmm. Yeah, gives more personality, I guess. I think it's just visually more interesting to look at. Yeah. Step what if he more. decides to do just Great White, and he's just like, let's make him a street shark. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That's a that's a line that needs to come back. I would love it. It needs a revival. Does it need to be live action? <laughs> yes. That would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. They should have a crossover with also the Ninja Turtles and the Biker Mice from Mars. <laughs> dude, dude, I would be so I I want a Biker Mice from Mars movie. That would be wonderful. Are you gonna throw but in the Battletoads too? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, dude, I, you guys are pitching it, the cinematic universe I want right now. <laughs> the Saturday morning cinematic <laughs> universe. Throw the recess kids in there. Oh, and, and gargoyles. There you go. I, that, no, I, that, that'll be the, the launch platform. That's the Avengers for this universe. Oh, okay. It should be. <laughs> See, there's no reason why we couldn't have an expanded universe right now as a backdoor pilot through the Fast and Furious where you include Mask, the Centurions, and... Uh, a few G. others. G.I. Joe would also Imagine, be part of it. What is it? Imagineers or whatever? Oh, the Visionaries? The Visionaries. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. And wow. The uh, Inhumanoids, too. Throw some of that. Inhumanoids? <laughs> I'd be so happy. <laughs> you guys are terrible. <laughs> this is the world I want to live in. <laughs> you want to see the world burn? Yes. Uh, okay. Guess what happened? And a lot of people didn't get to see this because of all the Disney news that happened two weeks ago. Matrix 4 was officially announced with Keanu Reeves, Kieran Moss returning, and Lana Wachowski is going to write and direct it. However, her sister, Lily Wachowski, is not going to return in a creative uh, position. I'm Are concerned. we big Matrix fans? I am a, a big Matrix fan, and I'll even say that I like the two sequels. Now, when I watched them, the first time I watched them, I was very upset, like everybody else, but I went back and rewatched them, and I, I appreciate them a lot more. Yeah, there's okay. some, a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, there is. And uh, not only that, but this is one of the few properties where the supplemental material is not necessary, but really is enriching to the rest of the very. story. Very. Animatrix <laughs> and uh, Enter the Matrix. Enter were, the Matrix especially. Were amazing. Yeah. I never played the, the MMORPG, though. Oh, that Matrix Online? Yeah. No, but the, it, it also continued the story, though. It definitely takes place right after the end of uh, Matrix 3. Really? Yes. And oh. it, it ties in directly with the continuing... It, it basically splits off into three factions. You have the human rebels. Uh, you can be an agent of the machine, or you can be uh, one of the um, uh, the refugees. What do they call those? The, uh, the uh, programs like, that are... Um, oh, like the ghost... Those those ghosts in the Merovingian? Yes, like those guys. The, I forget one, what, the, what the they older call programs? Yes. Uh, the ISOs. 
I think is what I said, you're no, for. those <laughs> that was from Tron Legacy. <laughs> uh, no, these were like the the refugees or whatever they called them. Um, the uh, those programs, but yeah. So basically, it was like a three way war where you know, like it was just trying to wrestle power. The the human rebels still wanted to release more humans. The the agents were trying to kind of fight both factions because you know they'd want to stop the humans, but they also have to delete the older programs uh, that are not meant to be there anymore. And then the other guys were just basically powerful. They were kind of chaotic, neutral. Um, you know, they have to kind of do their own thing. And yeah, it, it's continued the story. Spoilers for a game that was canceled like in 2009. But, <laughs> Ooh, uh, I figured, I thought it was longer than that. But yeah, no, you, you're it, probably right. It didn't last very long, unfortunately. But basically, yeah, like uh, Morpheus died in the storyline of the game because uh, you would interact with characters from the movies as well uh, as non-playable characters. He was trying to retrieve Neo's body from the machine world from uh, Zero One. And... Uh, there were hints that Carrie Ann Moss's character Trinity was still around in some sort of digital ghost form, and the uh, the definitely the code or the the uh, the spirit of Neo in this world that there could be one and the same was still a very heavily contested uh, piece of property because it could swing the tide of the the battle of the war to uh, whoever faction had it basically because hmm. you could have the power of the one if you can get to the source of it. Yeah, because in in the Matrix, people even though they're not, are essentially just programs. Everything's happening in this computer thing, right. aside from what happens in the real world. So right. it's like having like top-tier software. So I, and then a few years ago, there was a lot of talks of a prequel Matrix movie where they were going to have Michael B. Jordan playing a younger version of Morpheus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I No word if that's still going forward or not, or if that's still being worked on. But any ideas of what you think this particular Matrix 4 movie is going to be about? I kind of hope it's going to be a, a look into the next cycle of the Matrix because, mm-hmm. uh, again, we know that you know this was the sixth version of the Matrix that we watch, uh, and uh, it's a cycle that repeats over and over. The only difference is that this was the first time they didn't have to do a reboot of the Matrix. They actually had a system crash but were able to save it uh, because of Neo did one thing different this time around, I guess. And uh, this could be the next version or the next coming of the one. Uh, and you could have Keanu basically playing his reincarnated version of himself. Trinity uh, do the same thing. Um, it could even be like the roles reversed. It could be Trinity now is the one and Keanu could be the love interest or whatever plot do you, device. Do you remember during, uh, <laughs> uh, what was it, Infinite Crisis? I think it was Infinite Crisis. Uh, or maybe it was Final Crisis. One of the two. You had the Superman in Lois Lane from the previous pre-Crisis universe that was living in a oh, dimension. The re- yeah, the recent one, right? Yeah, yeah. They were living yeah. in a separate dimension while, uh, mm-hmm. while uh, you know, having to watch the rest of the world. And then you had the whole Super- Superboy Prime Punch and stuff like that. Like, what if that was the same thing? Like, Ma- Trinity and, and Keanu, like, died in the Matrix, but they essentially just went to go live in another program somewhere else. Well, that's kind of what the Merovingian and Persephone were. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you could have the, kind of have them be in those roles too, technically. Yeah. They could be like the previous versions and there's a new one coming around and he's now the one that gets to say, yeah, I was you once and now I've learned, you know, that there's only one truth or whatever. You know, he could even be a bad guy or just be somebody that's wise and you know yoda like who knows but i'm interested i'm really definitely curious but they could screw this up so royally that i'm like "Uh, this just but you know i feel like i feel like 
one, Keanu Reeves is not at a point in his career where he has to go back to old stuff unless it's really good. Like, yeah. He he would definitely not just be like, oh, I'm in it for the money because we already know Keanu Reeves isn't in it for the money. Like he gives most of his money away. Yeah. Uh, and same with the with you know with with Lana Wachowski. I mean, she's not going to return to this this IP unless she had a really great idea for a movie. The only thing I'd say for that one is they have had a hard time getting things made that they want to get made recently. Cloud Atlas was a pretty big shot. Well, yeah, Cloud Atlas and Jupiter Ascending, like and, yeah, Speed Racer. And Cloud Atlas was still really good. Like I, I love that movie. Yeah. So do I. But yeah, you're right. It it failed. Uh, Jupiter Ascending was just a bad movie, yeah. and that failed. And <laughs> Every, I have never seen Speed Racer, and everybody that I know has said go back and rewatch it because yeah, it, it they was, love it. It's much better than it should have been. I, I love it. It's a great but movie. I never, I never, I thought it looked like garbage, so I didn't go see it. It's you know what it it almost has the look of like ultraviolet, where everything looks like it's fake because the way the color yeah. is graded. But it's it's so good though. I bet but, you now with like four K six K TVs that looks a lot better. Oh yeah, huh? yeah, I'm sure. There's one of the guys from uh kind of funny. That's the movie that he buys in whatever new format to test that new format. Yeah. It's that makes those, sense. That it, makes complete <laughs> sense. It's definitely one of those uh like technology spec uh analyzer movies <laughs> where you can like all right I'm gonna calibrate my TV to this movie. <laughs> You're set <laughs> Uh, okay, so then Carrie, Ad- Carrie Russell, not Carrie Ann Russell, Carrie Russell <laughs> is going to be in Star Trek, uh, Star Trek, damn, I can't talk. Okay, she's going to be in Star Wars 9 or <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker, and uh, we have not known anything really about her character. Some people were positing that she was going to be Ray's mother, but all we, we do get, we, we do get, we did get a little bit of information about her character from D23. She looks she, like she's going to be playing Death Punk. She, she is going to be an old friend of Poe Dameron's. And we know what that means. I don't know what that means. That they got it on? That's what I'm implying, yes. I mean, you, 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 you try to not do that to Poe Dameron if you meet him. Right. You know what I mean? I, I mean, mean, look at what and, happened to Finn. Him and his, <laughs> his uh, uncharted outfit in the, in the trailer. <laughs> like, I, I get it. That was his it. Indiana Jones Explorer. Yeah. Uniform, What's yeah. the character from Uncharted name? Nathan, Nathan Drake. Drake. Nathan Drake, yeah. He looks like Nathan Drake. In that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Any speculation on on what her relation to other than they got it on at one point i was really hoping she was going to be mary jade is i thought it was mara jade mara jade well mara mara you know i'm mexican i pronounce things differently <laughs> but, yeah. i was hoping she was maria jade <laughs> uh okay i mean i don't know anything about mara jade so um you have well, to enlighten me uh, she was known, uh, like, as was really popular in a lot of Star Wars canon before the decanonization, she was, like, essentially a Mary Sue also, where she was known as the right hand of the Emperor, and sort your own, you know, masturbation joke right there. Is this the one that, that falls in love with Obi-Wan? No, with Luke. With Luke. Oh, okay. yeah, that's right, Luke. Yeah, she had, like, the first purple lightsaber that we know of in the old canon. She was a badass Jedi in her own right, being groomed to basically replace Darth Vader, should he ever fail. And she started out as evil, eventually kind of becomes good. They have kids together. and I'm going to say that's not what her character no, is. No, it's most <laughs> definitely not where that's going. Uh, yeah, so hey, what about you? Any any idea of what her character is going to be, Steven? Did they say, I thought they, um, oh God, they gave a little more detail. I was trying to find it right now. Let's see. But I, rem- I, I remember there being like a bit of a quote 
Russell was cast in The Rise of Skywalker last July, but it wasn't until Vanity Fair's cover of The Rise of Skywalker that was detailed about her role started to be announced. Russell is playing a character named Zori Bliss, who is described as a rogue and shares similarities with Benicio Del Toro's Um, character from The Last Jedi. She's going to be the Lando of this movie, then. What does that mean? She's going to be like, the oh, I have an old friend we can go to for help. And they're like, oh, oh hey. And then like, oh, we get double cross. But in reality, they're going to come around and whatever. It's like a triple cross. Or, yeah, it's going to be one of those. Okay. They're, these movies are not terribly original. <laughs> she, I mean, she, she could be the Lando. She could still be the Lando? Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> and then we also got a big timeline at D23 of Star Wars stuff. Uh, you wanted to talk about this, John. What do we know yes. about this? So... Uh, we have here uh, a timeline hosted by the person that broke down the history of Pepe Chavez or whatever his name was. <laughs> was it Pepe Garcia? Are you talking about Always Sunny? Yes. I have no idea. I don't watch that's, Always Sunny. That's Sun- where that reference I, is coming I, from. I know what that reference is coming from, but I, I just picked the picture, okay? Oh, okay? It has the timeline in the background. Yeah. This is the, the three ages thing, right? Yes. Uh, the age, age of uh, ascension and rebellion and all that stuff. Anyway, yeah, so we have a full timeline of all the current canon. There's a couple of spots that are kind of blanked out right now that we don't know what's going to fit in them yet. Uh, but all the current canon is right there, starting with like episodes one, two, and three. Everything that goes in between, like there's Rebels. And Rebels is seen Rogue there. One. I, Rogue One. I think there, there's, a, there's important things to the names of each of those that I like. Okay. So the, the one for the prequels is... Age of... I can't read that because Charlie Day is in the way. I think it's Age of Republic or something. Oh, like that. Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, and then Age of Ascension, or Resistance. Resistance, Resistance yeah. yeah. So like, I think so they're all are. Like, I, I like the way that they chose to name them. Why is that? So it, it's like, um, so pe- some people were like, I mean, it's like the same name for Resistance and Rebellion. You know what I mean? But I think it, it informs like who the important group is for each of those things. Okay, and I th- I think like that that kind of changes the way that I'm looking at the next movie coming okay. out. I don't know. How, I don't how, know how to expand on that. <laughs> I mean, I I, I kind of get it. The if you're rebelling, you're rebelling against something that might be coming up, and then if you're resisting, you're you're no, you're rebelling against something that already came up, and resisting against something that could be coming up. Like because at the end of uh, the Return of the Jedi, the good guys should have won, right? Yes. Well, technically they did. So and they yeah, they did. So you had in the next set of movies, seven, eight, and nine, the bad guys are coming back. Yeah. So you're mm-hmm. trying to resist them from coming back. Technically, correct? they're the rebellion now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I get I do it. All the, John, whenever we get into it, I have like visual theories about this Star Wars film, the the, the stuff that we saw, the Rise of the Skywalker. Uh-huh. Okay. But, but we'll, we'll get there after. We'll so get into that, yeah. thing. When we get into the age thing? Well, no, no, because like, he was talking about the timeline. Yeah. I'll talk about that Oh, afterwards. go ahead. Uh, so, with the timeline now, we have where some of the things are going to fall in place. The Mandalorian, which is one of the shows I'm really looking forward to, uh, takes place roughly about five or six years after the end of Empire Strikes Back. Um, and they showed a teaser trailer that shows basically that uh, the Empire is definitely not welcome in the Outer Rim. You have Stormtrooper heads on pikes. I'm assuming that there's heads inside those helmets. Um, or that somebody just really likes the Ewoks and said, hey, they did this on Endor after uh, Jedi. Let's do that over here, too. It really livens up the place. Um, and then they announced the Obi-Wan movie, or TV show, rather, which is going to be taking place approximately eight years after... 
episode three. So at this episode point, three. Oh yeah. Yeah. So at this point, Luke will be a small child, and Obi Wan apparently will not be relegated to just Tatooine. So he will be traveling, maybe uh, going other planets, and won't be firmly stuck on Tatooine. Uh, so we can see what else he's been up to. We can see other slivers of the uh, the old republics, you know, post uh, takeover from the Empire. And uh, there was uh, something else that they're going to be bringing out too, isn't there? Uh, well, let's see. We have a Star Wars Resistance. I'm guessing that's a video game. Yeah, I believe that's the the EA one. Okay, and then there's a Star Wars something else right there, and I can't read it. Yeah, that's too tiny. Anybody know what that means? It's going to take place between uh, Last Jedi and Rise I'm of Skywalker. Sorry. Resistance is the the CG show from Disney. Oh, the cartoon. Yeah. 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 That's right. And this is, I, I think that one's the final season of the show for the new one. Oh, is that what it is? <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, it's uh, Rebels. Yeah, Rebels is in its last season. And yeah, they're gonna Ahsoka have, comes back. It's going to be cool. And the final season of uh, Clone Wars should also be premiering on um, Disney+. Plus. So mm-hmm. then what's this right here? Jedi, is it Jedi Fallen Order? It doesn't look like it says Fallen Order. It says, no, that's, it looks like something, that, something That's else. the game. That's too low res for me to see it from here. It's... <laughs> Yeah, they don't have uh, the uh, games on here unless you can tell what these things are. I think that's to be determined or some future secret project. Oh, this is okay. That's, that's interesting. So, when we, things that we don't see on here, we don't see Ryan Johnson's uh, stuff. Nope. None of that has actually been announced as to what that's even going to be yet. Or whatever it is that uh, Weiss, Benny Off and Weiss, Benny Off and Weiss, we're going to be working on. So, unless that's these. Hidden things. Any? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. So, I mean, yeah, off of you, awesome. I I didn't find a good picture. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the. We're looking at a meme that someone created. So that's <laughs> that's, that's that's on me. I'm sorry, but either way, are you more excited, less excited for for uh, Rise of Skywalker, Stephen? Um, I think I'm still pretty much in like the exact same spot with it as I was before. I, I I'm not gonna go in being like, ooh, what 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 things have happened here? But at the same time, like I I do like what I've seen of things recently. Okay. Uh here we got a picture that you sent us, Steven. It's a much better quality. Let me see if I can blow it up a little bit. I don't know if it's a confusing one though. I don't know what the one was that you guys were at before. Uh we had the one from D three that was on the big uh big screen, but it was someone's yeah. picture that they took and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that's why it's low res. I, I watched part of that video. That's a rough video. It's a rough <laughs> video. <laughs> uh I oh, like but this only have... has the Force Awakens. Yeah, it only goes up to the Force well, Awakens. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Steven. I didn't even look at it. Try to show us up. (laughs) Show me up. It's okay. We'll talk about it more next week, especially since Jess will be back next week and she'll want to talk about that. Uh, PlayStation, Sony, Sony, Uncharted movie, talking about Nathan Drake. (laughs) Tom Holland has not had a great week with his stuff because his Uncharted movie that's supposed to be happening... We don't know if it's actually going to be happening. Dan Trackenberg, I think, is the fourth director now to exit that project. Yeah. Uh, yeah. he just, he just stepped out, I guess, you know, which is interesting because I haven't seen anything from Dan Trachtenberg in a while. Like I know he made, he made something after 10 Cloverfield Lane, didn't he? I, don't I believe so. He had I to have directed know. something. I love 10 Cloverfield Lane. I thought, I thought that was a great movie. So, 
Uh, I, I was looking, I'm looking forward to whatever he does next. Oh, he directed, uh, the pilot episode for the boys. So that was, I mean, that was pretty good, but I don't know what's going on. Why he decided to leave, um, the, this movie. Let's see. Uh, massive adaptation selling PlayStation game. He's the guy that did that really badass portal film, a fan film. The portal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a while ago. Yeah. So. And an but episode no, of Black Mirror. Okay. But no, it's okay. What'd you say, Steven? Oh, no, I was gonna say honestly, it's an interesting one. Um, the way that they're kind of like moving stuff around for this one. Um, a, f- a few months ago, they announced they were gonna have like a basically a PlayStation Films division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was weird. Everyone was like, "Well, why is this this happening when you guys already have other dev- things that are being developed like in the works at like Sony Pictures?" You know. Uh, and then now it's like, oh no, this is, uh, this kind of syncs up nicely. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd, I'd imagine it's probably a lot easier for them to actually have the communication with the studios that they would want to if it is PlayStation centric. Because before they talked about doing this, like these Uncharted, the, the Uncharted movies and stuff, and they had, um, uh, which I'm trying to think of the writer right now. Um, is, it, is it Neil Druckmann for that one? I don't know who that is. I don't, I don't remember. I don't think it's Patrick. Um, but they, they had the people who were responsible for it involved. And then after that, they were like, yeah, I don't know anything about the rest of the stuff that's going on. Now. <laughs> uh, is there anyone in particular, any director that you would like to see work on the, this project? Either one of you? Like, I think like, like a Joe Carnahan might be a good director for something like this. If only I knew who that or was. or John Turtlebaum. If like if you like the National Treasure movies, like that, you could get him to direct this movie. Uh, it's me. Yeah, right. It's the same type of movie. Who's the guy that did Wild Wild West? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> who did do that movie? It was, uh, so- not Soderbergh. So did uh, uh, the Steven Summers? Yes, that's who. It the, who did the Mummy movies? Yes. Okay, that's the guy. Actually, that's not bad. The oh, Mummy yeah. movies work. Yeah. That's that's who I think needs to have. It brings the. I don't the, know what Stephen Summers has been doing lately. Um, because he also did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So <laughs> no, that was Stephen Norrington. That's right. That was Stephen Norrington. You're right. My and bad. That was the last thing he did. <laughs> that was the last thing he did. Didn't he do the one of the Mortal Kombat movies? No. It, um, uh, Wild Wild West was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. 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 That he directed Men in Black. Yeah, Men in Black. Yes. Gets get shorty. Uh, the Adams Family. Adams Family Values. That's who we want. That's who we need for this. Why movie. do you want him specifically? I think he could bring the right level of uh, action and comedy to it. Okay, That's it, it would be an action comedy, essentially like the Mummy or I, Men but, in Black to some degree. But I mean, I, I've never actually played the Uncharted games. I've I've only like this is true. I've watched, never either. I've watched people do. The, I, I watched the cutscenes on a on a big you know YouTube video or whatever. Is Uncharted the one where? No, I'm thinking it's probably just Cause the one where like it's basically just one giant sandbox and you can do whatever the hell you no. want. You can like strap a rocket to a cow and watch it fly off. No, no that's no, it, Dead Cause or something like that. Just Cause. Just Cause. Just okay. Cause. Yeah. Um, okay, screw that. Let's do a Just Cause movie and have that <laughs> shit happen. Wait, no, no. That, you're, you're thinking the Jason Statham movie. Is, what is the, the one with the batteries? Yeah, yeah. that's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was that Nathan Fillion made uh, fan film uh, that he played Nathan Drake in that was on two, YouTube. 
We all wanted him to be it. Yeah. When we, they announced Holland, it was like, what are we doing? Like a like young Indiana Jones cartoon show? Like, what's happening right now? <laughs> well, by the time they actually make this movie, you know, Tom Holland <laughs> might be old enough <laughs> to be played Nathan like, Drake. So. Seven year old Tom Holland. Yeah. Finally get to do it. You got to uh, get them when they're young. Okay. <laughs> um, Disney. Disney making all kinds of news. Uh, Steven, you brought this one to our attention. They are not allowing people to license old Fox, 20th century Fox movies to watch in theaters and stuff like that, right? They're giving everyone a much harder time about doing like, uh, I forget the actual term they use, but like a rebroadcast kind of thing, basically. It's called being assholes. So it's the yeah. uh, Eric Velletti on Twitter said something about, okay, folks, listen up. Uh, a long feared we can know. Oh, as long feared, we can no longer lease licensed 20th Century Fox repertory product. The the review cinema has long relied on that library, but will will have to adapt. Plenty of other studios will happily are still happy to license content. So yeah, there's these niche or you know like like Elmo Drop House where they go and you know do old movie reviews or old movies. Just because people have that nostalgia and love for those movies, and now Disney is not allowing that to happen, you think mm-hmm. it's because they're going to be thro- they're going to be throwing it on their their streaming app platform. They want people to watch their movies there since they own the Fox movies. I mean, I just don't see how it's a competition. Like at the end of the day, like don't get me wrong, it's cool that you get to go to a theater and watch the stuff, uh-huh. like in some event thing where they have like themed food or whatever. It's a Rocky Horror Picture Show, and ha ha ha, all of the food there, it's it's hot dogs, but you know, <laughs> like like that that stuff, it's fun. And but that's not really it. a competition for a person who just wants to watch the movie at home on right. a streaming service. And then they're they're also getting paid for the license so it's not like they're not making any money off of it you know what this is going to do this is going to bring back a resurgence of actual live shows simply because they won't have the rights to like get those movies so this will be great for local theaters so like those those high school kids that did the live version of alien yeah or aliens i don't know which one they did it was aliens was it aliens okay because they had the power loader and all that (laughs) that's what we get then i am in right i don't think i'm yeah. Modern problems require modern solutions. There you go, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> well, Disney, with other things going on, they have their their contract with uh, Sony over the Spider-Man character is now gone. Uh, they are not going to allow Kevin Feige to produce their next Spider-Man movie. So thus, he will uh, Spider-Man will no longer be a part of the MCU. That was big news that dropped out. Um, from what was leaked, it sounded like Disney was making 5% off of the, the gross, uh, um, profit and, um, fronted production costs while Sony, yeah, did all the production costs and, uh, but, but Disney was the one that was in charge of creative. Now, there was also like an issue with the merchandising. The I toys. Think? Disney owns all the rights to the toys, as they do with all Marvel characters. So it makes kind of, that made kind of sense. But uh, Homecoming and, and Far From Home both made over a billion dollars. None of the previous Spider-Man movies made that much money. It's Sony's highest-grossing film. It is Sony's it's, highest-grossing film. It's five percent of a billion. I don't know. Still, <laughs> still a lot, but not not half of a billion. <laughs> so the idea was that the what it was heard was that Disney came in and said we want to we want to do half of the production cost and then we want to get half of the profit. So, which is nuts. <laughs> I is it nuts? I think that's 
sounds fair it, to me. It sounds fair, but then look at look at everything else we've just talked about for the Disney stuff. Basically, it's Disney being like, "Yeah, no, we want that shit too." <laughs> at a certain point, you you have to start wondering like, it's 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 like this like like war of like taking an inch every single time. Eventually, yeah. they just nickel and dime everyone until they have everything. That's true. And you're, you're right. I can and. Even even if it is Sony that's apparently doing it, someone being like, "No, like not this one. We we paid money for this one. This is ours." However, it's also uh, needs to be said that Sony is looking to sell off their their prediction or their pic- prediction their picture branch, and AT and T is possibly going to buy it now. It, they the, the contract the original contract for Spider Man rights uh, Spider Man movie rights say that if they do sell off their pr- their picture uh, arm, that the rights revert back to Marvel. So it, it might all be for moot. I still like it. Even so, like even even if the people at Sony are just like, no, no, fuck those guys. We're gonna sell this anyway. Like, and they're just like, no, we're just gonna make it more complicated for them for just this one span of like three years. <laughs> Go for it, guys. Go for it. So uh Tom Holland is still contracted to be with Sony as Spider Man, uh, for whatever movie they make next. Or like just one more, right? I I think it's three more. Because he was contracted to do five Disney Marvel Studio movies, but he's still contracted for uh, Sony to make more movies. So just important to remember that all that we know so far is about is is hearsay. It's 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 all you know little stuff that is happening or not happening. We don't really know. I, I mean, there's there was reports that. Uh, Disney came back with twenty five percent. Like, hey, just let us, you know, let us do 20, get twenty five percent of the profit and stuff like that. So, it sounds like we're some of us are falling on different sides. Stephen and I are on different sides of this. I think it's you know, I think it's Sony's fault. Stephen thinks it's Steve is is Disney's fault. What about you, John? Well, I thought it was interesting that uh, Stanley's daughter came out and totally was on Sony's side about it, saying that Marvel was basically treating Stanley, um, you know, like a real jerk. Um, what? Yeah, that came out recently. She that was, she that Marvel was saying Stanley was a jerk. No, they were treating him like real bad, as far as like the business side of it. Yeah, and that's really nothing new. I mean, yeah, he, I was gonna he, say that he sued Sony too for profits in the early two thousands. Yeah, the Raimi movies. Um, I'm kind of torn because on the one hand, I hate how soulless and corporate the Disney Corporation is, um, but. I mean, we see how much better the Spider-Man movies were under the you know stewardship of Feige. Yep. Um, and Venom, in spite of how awful it was as a movie, it still made money and was somewhat entertaining because uh, the general masses just don't care, I guess, and they just wanted to see something that was a little different. Yeah. So I'm concerned about where it's going to end up with Sony. I don't like the, the corporate side of Disney, but I would rather it stay with them. I think we also have to point out the fact that Sony is the one that made Into the Spider-Verse, which to me is yeah. the best Spider-Man movie ever made. And that's the and the reason being, though, is that they entrusted the creatives. The problem with exactly. Sony is that once they get nervous, like with Spider-Man 3, then they stick all their hands inside the pot yep. and then screw it up. And then you, if you don't have a strong director, like Raimi was too much of a pushover. He admitted several times later on that he just should have been more adamant on not letting the studio dictate his movie. But ultimately he caved and that's what we got and that shit was awful and i mean the amazing spider-man movies were essentially by committee like those things were just awful awful movies i mean they they totally 
bastardized one of my favorite characters, the Rhino. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that thing. Oh, you, you didn't like him as the Rhino in there? No? I mean, if you want to get Paul Giamatti to be a Rhino, okay. But the whole robot Rhino and, I don't know, the uh, everything about that character just ended up upsetting me. Well, how about the fact that it was used to bookend the movie and he's in the movie a grand total of maybe two minutes? Yeah, maybe. And like the, it mm-hmm. ends on like not even a cliffhanger, but like, okay, now we're going to have this big climactic battle and cut to black. Yeah. No. It's like it's awful. It's stupid. It's, it's it, it bad. was bad. Uh, I, for, I do have those tweets from Stanley's daughter. If you guys want those things, yeah, let's hear it. Uh, so there were a couple tweets that were in that stuff. Um, so she, so she said, uh, Mar- "Marvel and Disney seeking total control of my father's creations must be checked and balanced by others who, while still seeking, uh, still, still seeking the profit, have genuine respect for Stanley and his legacy." Whether it's Sony or someone else's, the continued evolution of Stan's characters and his legacy deserves multiple points of view, and uh, which I do agree with, considering that's what comics are. Um, and then uh, she said, when my father died, no one from Marvel or Disney reached out to me. From day one, they have commoditized my father's work and never shown him or his legacy any respect or decency. In the end, no one could have treated my father worse than Marvel and Disney's executives. Wow. That's, that's pretty harsh. But yeah. there was also a lot of that stuff about his daughter not paying a lot of respect to him in the first place like at towards the end of his life yeah a lot of people weren't paying respect to him towards the end there yeah kind of i think kevin smith was the only one yeah it's kind of true uh i mean i don't know i don't really see sony being the person that's keeping marvel disney in check with the spider-man character they are just in it for money too like yeah but they did a better job i think or at least i think that they could do a better job and at the end of the day they're all faceless corporations they only care about the bottom line yeah of course but it's run yeah. better under disney at least it has been because um, i don't think you know and yeah spider-verse was cool but the next one that comes around you'll see sony probably want to start to be like oh well now we want this in here now we want that in there and then it's probably not going to be as good because that same thing happens yeah we'll have to see what happens with that spider-verse too I want to put it out there. You just take the, the rights from Sony, like Sony Pictures, and put it in that Sony the the PlayStation films division, and then we just get a movie made based off that recent game. Hell yeah! Oh, that's <laughs> that an, be, everyone loves that. That's well, an idea. That we did. We, we we also skipped over that story. Uh, Sony bought Insomniac uh, Games, so so they can make the video game Spider Man video games all they want. I'm jazzed. <laughs> uh, okay, talking more about D23, trying to power through some of this stuff. We got a release date for, for Lady and the Tramp, Black Panther Two, <laughs> uh, May twenty, May six, two thousand twenty-two. More than likely, will be the end of Phase Four, but we're not sure. We're not completely sure on that. Um, was, I guess Ryan Coogler came on stage. He had a. a you know, full, some folded papers essentially had was turning in symbolically was turning in his treatment for Black Panther 2, not the actual script. Uh, Kevin Feige was looking at the paper saying, Oh, should we tell him about this? And he's like, No, 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 we shouldn't tell him about this. Should we tell him about this? No, no, we shouldn't tell him about this. <laughs> and then as they were about to walk off, like Feige's like, Oh, I guess we can at least tell them the release date kind of thing. And then so we got the big what's the release date, uh, May 6, 2022. I'll be there. I can't wait. Uh, there, there is reports that Black Panther 2 is not the title. It is only the holder for the title right now. Some people have suggested that it's going to be Black Panther, the two Kings. So what that could mean is a possibility. One of them that people like is that it's Namor. Yeah, it'd be, uh, you'd have T'Challa versus Namor. I 
personally would love to see T'Challa versus Doctor Doom. Or yeah, and I want I mean, Keanu, I'd like that. I want Keanu to play Doctor Doom. That's what I want. I know Ooh. everybody's throwing Keanu's name around for a whole bunch of other stuff, but I think he'd be great as Doom. That's an idea. I, he'd have to be a different take on Doom for me because I don't. I don't want. If you have Keanu, don't put his face behind all that metal. It the can't whole time. be worse. But that than... would be the thing. That would be the thing to be like putting him behind all that metal. Unless you're gonna give him a fucked up face and he takes the mask off. I just, I, I don't know. I just, I've never given a crap about the characters who are like, ah, but my face, and they take all the things. <laughs> I've never cared. But I, I, I just, I do like Doom though. Doom as a character is cool, especially if they do some of the reality stuff with him. And it, it can't be any worse than the Fant Four Stick version or the ones with the Jessica Alba movies. Yeah, their <laughs> Doom so far on TV or on the big screen has not been great. I mean, there's been a great. I mean, the the Roger Corman version was actually probably one of the best versions that we could have had. Yeah, you're not wrong. And it's, but yeah, it was so low budget. Okay, <laughs> moving over to the Eternals, we got some Eternal casting. We have Kit Harrington, who was before D23. Everybody is like, oh, he's joining, he's joining the MCU. We we know that. Everybody's suggesting who he should be. I was a big proponent for him playing Wolverine, but everybody thought I was crazy. Uh, however, he is going to be playing Dane Whitman. No, they offered the him the role Knight. of Wolverine, but he said, I don't want it. Are you joking? Yes. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> that was his only line he would say in the last season. Oh, <laughs> got it. I'm sorry. I do want to point out in, in the show that there is a there are a couple other Game of Thrones people, and then one of the things that people are joking about for his character is that his character might actually be in love with a character named Cersei. Oh, that's hilarious. Too. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about well, that. And not only that, too, but the last time him and... Um, was his name? Uh, the guy that plays Rob, uh, Rob Stark? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Richard Madden? Yes, Richard Madden. The last time they had a scene together in Game of Thrones, uh, Rob Stark tells him, the next time I see you, you'll be wearing all black. Oh, and he's <laughs> going to be playing the Black and Knight. he's going to be the Black Knight. Yeah. Which, I mean, he was already a Black Knight in the... Uh, Game of Thrones. I mean, he's a he's he's the a Knights of the Watch, or you know, which wears all black. He's a crow. Yeah, but he hadn't seen them. That's true. I, so yeah. I, I have uh, one one thing for this. It's actually a bit of a check in from stuff from previous weeks. Uh-huh. Um, I, do you guys get to actually like see the visuals of them while they were all on stage and everything? Yes. Yeah. For that for that one, I don't know if you noticed, but Camille Nanjiani, crazy jacked. <laughs> Yes. We Mitch said he was not indeed buff. Uh I have have to, I do have to apologize for that. We need we need Jessica to confirm this. <laughs> he has gotten quite buff. I do think that it is very deceiving though, because I feel like he lost just that spare tire around his waist and it makes him look more jacked than he actually is, but he is jacked. No, see, he's actually wearing a really, really tight girdle, so he's just redistributing it to there his you neck go. and shoulders. I, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> What'd you say, Steven? Like it just yep. squeezed it out. <laughs> uh, so we also have um, Gemma Chan, who was already in Captain Marvel, uh, playing a new character. She's going to actually be playing the Cersei character for the Eternals. And uh, Brian Keegan, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, From Key and Peele? No, Barry Keegan, sorry. Who just... Barry, Barry Keegan, Michael Key. He just came back, or he, he was just seen in uh, Dunkirk, uh, we'll be playing a character named Droog, and I don't know anything about that character. Oh, he's one of the Droogs from uh, Clockwork Orange? Sure. I, sure. <laughs> That's a Kubrick joke. Oh, I guess he was also in Chernobyl. Did anybody watch Chernobyl? I didn't watch. I just go watch Chernobyl. 
Uh, it's on my to-do list. I haven't, yeah, got, to I haven't got around to it. So yeah, those those are some new casting news for Eternals. Uh, we are also getting Emily Van Camp, who played Sharon Carter in the Captain America movies, is going to be coming over to the Falcon and Winter Soldier sh- sh- TV show on Disney Plus. She will be reprising her character. I think she's going to end up having a relationship with one of the two characters. I mean, that's a distinct possibility. I think it'd be a bummer if that was the only thing that they use her for. Oh, no, I don't think that's the only thing they'll, they'll end up using her for. I think okay. that, that'd be completely stupid, but <laughs> I think that she might end up having a relationship with one of them. With either Kat Dennings or Randall Park? No. So Kat Dennings... Coming in there, that was a big one. <laughs> well, first, also for the Falcon and Winter Soldier show, Wyatt Russell, Wyatt Russell is going to be joining the cast, and he is going to be joining the cast as one of my favorite Marvel characters, U.S. Agent. So the oh. son of Kurt Russell, who is already in the MCU as uh, Ego, yeah. the Living Planet, will be known as uh, U.S. Agent, the one-time Captain America. Oh. So I think that's pretty cool. I think the idea is that um, even though Falcon got the... The, the shield from Cap in the at in, in game, like symbolically making him Captain America, he's not going to want it. He's not going to want to be Captain America. The government's not going to want him to be Captain America. They're going to create their own lesser Captain America with U.S. agent and Wyatt Russell, uh, and you're, then, you know, things will happen, and Falcon will have to become more of Captain America at that point. We did see. We did see. Uh, I think they saw. They showed us some uh, concept art and Winter, the Winter Soldier. Bucky is going to have a short haircut. He's going. He, he cut all his hair. Oh. So there's all that. Uh, it's going to happen. Then Cat Dennings and Randall Park and Catherine Hahn are all going to be joining the WandaVision show. So what they said is that the WandaVision show is going to be more Dick Van Dykey sitcomy uh, in in the way that it's made. And I think it's interesting that they got Kat Dennings and Randall Park, who are both known, their big roles of being known are for, for sitcoms. Kat Dennings was on Two Broke Girls, and Randall Park is the father on Fresh Off the Boat. Both of them are also in the MCU as Darcy from the Thor movies and uh, Agent Wu from the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. Uh, Catherine Hahn is going to be coming in as Wanda's Wanda and Vision's nosy neighbor in the way that, you know, <laughs> you had uh, Don Knotts in Three's Company as the nosy landlord that always came over and... It's always uh, misunderstanding the situation. Exactly. <laughs> so so those are those are the roles that are going to be happening for those TV shows. So this is not all going to be one TV show with all these people. They're going to be separate ones. Right. It's two okay. different TV shows. We have the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show with Emily Van Camp and Wyatt Russell. And then Catherine Hahn, Kat Dennings, and Randall Park are going to be in the WandaVision show. Ah, I see. So, yeah, it is interesting that you got a person from Thor movie and a person from an Ant-Man and the Wasp movie who are going to be joining the sitcom. But I think it's because – or you're joining the show, but I think it's because they have sitcom chops like they've been in sitcoms before yeah they know how to do the uh, one camera exactly scenario. yeah uh also disney plus announced that there's gonna be three more mcu tv shows with she hulk ms marvel and moon knight now i'm gonna yeah. have to, i have to i have to tell you that i am super excited about she hulk and moon knight like yeah. i i'm excited about ms marvel but just not as much because i don't know a lot about kamala harris the only thing i want to say for that she might kind of come in and fill the role of Spider-Man. She's definitely the new Spider-Man. Like when her character was introduced in the comic books, she is a big 
Avengers fan, fangirl, mm-hmm. and she literally is a teenager that gets her powers and, <laughs> and does the right thing because it's the right thing, like mm-hmm. the way that Spider-Man. She is literally the new Spider-Man. So, yeah, I, so I can definitely see them. Yeah, we don't need you don't need Tom Holland and Peter Parker. Uh, you can totally just do it with uh, Kamal Harris. Nope, Kamala Khan. Kamala Khan. Wow. Yeah. Kamala Can't do Harris. It with Kamala Harris. Can't do it with her. Kamala Khan. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, uh, She Hulk. Theories on whether or not they're going to do one actor for Jennifer Walters, one actor for the for She Hulk, uh, CGI She Hulk the whole time, and just a voice actor or. A actress to play both Jennifer Walters and uh, She-Hulk, but with like makeup and a little bit of CGI, like they do with Gamora. I think so I think there's three options there. Same, I think same person. Same person to do both and a little bit to, of makeup and CGI. Just like everyone on the internet saying that'd be awesome. Allison Brie, really? Yeah, think of her as, in, as her role in Glow. Uh huh. And like she already like that's already the same kind of outfit. She's already gotten like plenty buff and fit and everything for the stuff. Like I I like the idea. That's not a bad if, if bad choice. If we're doing MCU, she's gonna be like sassy, funny anyway. Yeah. Um. And she's she's the char- kind of character that breaks the fourth wall too. Like she's she does that mm-hmm. a lot. So I could see that. Um. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not against this. I love Allison Brie, so that could be something cool. Uh. I they have announced that. Mark Ruffalo will be in the show as Bruce Banner, or at least as perhaps Professor Hulk. I guess I don't know. <laughs> um, now, in in the version of She Hulk that I'm aware of, because I did follow her for a short time in the '90s uh, during my teen years. That's all we're gonna say about that. Okay. But uh, I remember that she was always She Hulk. Like she yeah. she didn't change from back human to But that's the thing is that she doesn't need to change back to human. Right, because like she's whole, always in control of herself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's always in unless she gets really out of control. So she can change back to human. She just doesn't need to. Oh. Like the Hulk does. So she can be She Hulk all the time. And she's, she's a lawyer, right? And she's a lawyer. Yep. Um See, so that, I kinda want this show to be kind of <laughs> like a a a, a, court, a courtroom procedural where she <laughs> has to deal with uh superhero and supervillain like stuff all the time like maybe even being a defense lawyer so for like, a villain that'd so be like kind of cool kinda. yeah i mean the, but daredevil didn't really do that they had the they had the punisher in season two and that's about it so i yep go ahead i was gonna say i want that but at the same time i, I don't know because imagine if you just pitch the idea to a person who's not already like super invested in the things and already likes it or it's like oh no like they're they're gonna like like there's big legal issues like the there's like new things for like the sokovia accords they're being modified or something and so like we're gonna need legal representation yeah who do we get and they just, they like like she just walks in you know like my clients <laughs> everyone would laugh it's it look it's like a futurama skit yeah i'd love to see if she had a yeah, single female lawyer <laughs> if they had like uh one of those like cheesy commercials that they have on tv for like have you been injured in an accident blah blah blah. this could be like (laughs) are you a superhero that's been wrongfully accused of like collateral damage you know like i'm here to represent you and uh you know it'd be something really cool like that like it could be like real tongue-in-cheek so the one actress that i had in mind but i kind of like your allison brie better and i hadn't heard (laughs) that was just jessica beale i think that she would be kind of cool as the as both jennifer walters and and she hulk that's fair like, but, it, but Jessica Biel is also an anti-vaxxer, so like, ooh, I did <laughs> you, not know that. That's yeah, you you go to hell, Jessica Biel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, so that means all the Ryan Reynolds kids are gonna die. Nope, that's Blake Lively. Oh, that's right. You're thinking of <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Timberlake's kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yes. So also, Moon Knight. I am all <clears throat> for this, and the best fan casting I've heard so far is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think that would be amazing. Oh, that's inspired. Yeah. I like it. I like it as long as it's not Tom Cruise. So Andy has to be mad. <laughs> Who? Why is Andy the only person that's that's brought up Tom Cruise? I don't think any. I've heard anybody say Tom Cruise for the, Moon Knight. A, a lot of people wanted it, not in the current Moon Knight, but classic Moon Knight kind of one, where uh, he just like is the Batman, not like the not the Declan Shalvey kind of one, which is what that logo is. That logo is referencing the Declan Shalvey logo. Ooh, on the more recent runs. So I like that. Okay, that's cool. Any any fan casting for you, John? No, but with the announcement of these shows coming out, we're just so much closer to getting, uh, you know, one of my favorite obscure characters on here. We can finally maybe someday get Darkhawk. Darkhawk. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Yeah, maybe. I mean, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Four, 3 could possibly have Darkhawk. I could see that happening. It could be an introduction. Yeah. yeah. That's how he gets uh, to Earth. Steven, I know you have it pulled up. What is the quick... De- uh, MCU timeline going forward from this point. I know it starts with uh, Black Widow uh, in yeah. February, right? Yeah, so uh, it says May is actually. Oh, May, okay. Yes, yeah, so May 1st, 2020 for Black Widow, uh, November 6th, 2020 for The Eternals, and then uh, Fall 2020 for The Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, February, 12, uh, February 12th, 2021 for Shang-Chi, uh, Spring 2021 for Loki, no definite date there. Um, May May seventh, twenty twenty one, for Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness, uh, and then uh, November fifth, twenty twenty one, for Thor: Love and Thunder. My Wait, wasn't WandaVision supposed to happen before Doctor Strange? Because it's supposed to go straight into Doctor Strange. So WandaVision says spring twenty twenty one. Oh, okay. Did you say that? I uh, no, I, I did skip that one. Oh, okay. Apologies. No um, yeah. So spring twenty twenty one for both WandaVision and Loki. Okay. And then you you are right about that leading straight into that because that's one of their main story tenants. Right. Um, November t- November fifth, twenty twenty one for Lord Thor Thor Love and Thunder, uh, and then um, in there for fall twenty twenty one we have Hawkeye the TV show in there which we haven't got any information about yet which is <clears> interesting. Which is ha- I mean I'm not surprised like I I think that they're setting Hawkeye up to be more important, but I think that might be something that we find out a little bit about in the actual Black Widow show. And I think what we're gonna find out is that we're setting up that Hawkeye show to. Definitely introduce Kate Bishop. Yeah, because they mentioned her directly. Yeah, but also to backdoor set up uh, Young Avengers. I agree. And I hope they go with the Avengers team, the the Young Avengers team that I like the most. Which one do you like the most? Because I think they're going to end up throwing in uh, Ms. Marvel on the Young Avengers team. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, because I think they're going to go for that one. There's a more recent set of them, Um, like a hybrid of a couple of the last couple teams would be cool. But I think they're going to go with stuff that's actually represented in the recent comics to get that money. Okay. So um, keep going. Oh, uh, so then uh, with no release dates yet, uh, we have Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight. Those last three that we talked about. Um, She-Hulk and Moon Knight. Um, I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much more I could say about how excited I am about what they are going to do with that show. I don't know because I know the other stuff that is directly cl- cr- ah, directly correlating. Well, connected to the movies, so like the Loki show, WandaVision, and Falcon and, and the Winter oh. Soldier, like what, those, what what if is summer twenty twenty one? Oh, Sorry. what if? That's right. Mm-hmm. Those shows are going to going to be six episodes, and they're going to go. That's going to be it. I don't think they're going to have multiple seasons. Now, the She Hulk 
Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight have no connections, straight connections to the movies. So I don't know if they're going to be multiple seasons or just going to be this like six episodes also. I'd, I'd like either one of those, honestly. Like it just being like six episodes kind of thing. That'd be cool. It being multiple seasons, I'm also down for, I think. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. Um, I definitely want to, uh, would love to, to see what they do either way. So um, that's it. That we, we went extra long on the news this week because we missed a week. But yes, we did. I think we're ready to start talking about Carnival Row. What about you, John? Let's do it. All right. Carnival Row on uh, first episode on Amazon Prime Video. First off, what did everybody think? You know, I thought that naked fairy prostitutes would be a lot <laughs> sexier than this. I mean, a lot sexier. Jesus, <laughs> she was holding on to the dude by the by the penis, and they flying around. That was pretty impressive. That was uh, the part where I was the most upset with the episode. <laughs> You would think I would really be into that too, but I was like, I, this just feels really unfulfilling. Oh, wow. Um, I like the history that we are already setting up in the show. And I think this is very, uh, and I might have missed it, but I think this is very much like how Game of Thrones is because at one point someone yells at this is the seventh century or whatever, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. obviously, yeah. this is not our seventh century because England wouldn't look like that, but. This is like another dimension, another world kind of thing, right? Like how Game of Thrones is. Yeah, it's, um, uh, I forget the term, but it's like an alternate history of... Yeah, no, well, not of, alternate history. I mean, it's just, I feel like it's just another dimension altogether. Yeah, it has a similar vibe to like Bright, where it has that fantasy element mixed in with uh, yes. contemporary. Yes, except exactly. This is like turn of the century. Right. So yeah, it was like Victorian England. Yeah. Uh, we even have a... Uh, jack the ripper analog mm. but it's, it's they literally call him jack they even call him jack it's the unseely jack uh-huh. uh but all he does is go around killing fey which is the name we give to fairies fa- well not just fairies it's it's oh the, any magical any kind of magical creature yeah so and he uses a hammer he uses a claw saying? hammer yeah yeah so uh yeah he beats them he doesn't he doesn't kill every one of them but he beats most of them to almost to death yeah, uh, that's where we brought in. We're, we're brought in with our uh, Orlando Bloom character named Philo. Uh, yeah. He is an inspector, a human inspector, as we're being told. Who I, I want? I want to bring up their names. <laughs> okay, what do, what do you have a problem with Philo? I have a problem with all of their names. <laughs> Hit me. I, I, every name in this show is like the most pretentious, like bullshit sci-fi fantasy names. But that's exactly so, what it is. It's a fa- sci-fi fantasy fairy tale. Like fairy tale names are all pretentious. But they don't have to be. <laughs> they don't have to be. Like they like the character that we have here for Orlando Bloom's character is Rycroft Philistrate, which is the most straight shooting name in the entire fucking series. Cuz then Cara Delevingne's character's name is Vignette Stone Moss. Like that's that, that that's a joke name. That's Janet Snakehole. <laughs> like that's the kind of character name that it is. That's some Harry Potter shit right there. <laughs> but that's the point. That's that literally is like Magical creatures would be named after uh, moss, stone moss. Like, it's the moss on that stone right there. That's what our family name is. I don't think that had to be that way. I mean, look at... You remember Hudson from uh, from uh, 
gargoyles. What, gargoyles? Yeah. Hell yeah. He says, well, why do I need to have a name? Does that river have a name? And Lisa's like, yeah, it's the Hudson. Yeah. He goes, well, then I'll be called Hudson. Like, it's literally pointing at things and being like, okay, that's my name. Well, that's very different, though. That's saying, yeah, what's in a name is just something to refer to me as. Whereas in this one, I think what Stephen is trying to say is that they're very heavily handedly saying that their names mean something. Like that one girl that... Uh, Tourmaline? No, the one that Kara Delevingne goes to and becomes like her handmaiden or something. Right. Her name is Imogen Spurnrose. Spurnrose. Yeah. I mean, if that's not telling you everything you need to know about this character already, it's like this is what this person's attitude and the personality is going to be. It, all in just the name. There, there's, there, there are characters here for later in the series that are... Uh, it's um, Absalom Breaks Spear and Piety Breaks Spear. I mean, maybe. Are you kidding me? <laughs> These are bad D and D names. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. They're they're supposed to be D and D names. I mean, this is what we're supposed to correlate it to. I'm I'm fine with that, but I think if we live in a post Game of Thrones world where everyone learned like all of these millions of names for this series that were like fucked up names. <laughs> I think it's okay for them to give them other names that aren't these. One character's her first name is Tourmaline after the stone, and her hair is the color of Tourmaline. <laughs> okay, well, let's get past the names. <laughs> uh, Philo is has history with Cara Delevingne's character of uh, Vignette. He at some point fought in a war, a big war that was... Um, that was that happened in the Fey world or Fey land, and uh, he was fighting on the side of the Fey against. I, do we know what the thing that they were fighting against? I don't. It, I really it's, wasn't. It's caught. a little convoluted. It, it explains it to you in the in that intro. Yeah, the epilogue, but which was very cool visually. It was. Yeah, but it, using it, little game pieces. Yeah. It looked like game pieces <laughs> for D anD. d yeah, mm-hmm. unpainted by mind you, but um, <laughs> like most are. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm working on that, damn it. Um, but yeah, like they set up the world, and there's so much history there in those just those first few moments, and then they just bring you right into like a conflict, and you know, fairies are just being brutally slaughtered, brutally like, shot in the head. Like those dudes are. Like, it was women and children. <laughs> yes. No, um, and it was yeah, it was like exclusively like women and like female kids apparently. Yes, like all girls. women and little girls. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I guess all the able-bodied men have already been dispatched or are fighting somewhere else. Um, so you're seeing them basically just being dispatched and trying to like leave this place or whatever. But yeah, there was a war that happened when men tried to originally invade here or to that area. Uh, and there's like two factions of men. There's like regular people, and then there's another group called the Pact. Right. Um, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out who is who, what these factions are, what they were fighting for exactly. I, I guess there was resources there and possibly magic, but yeah, the the uh, immigrant imagery is not lost on me here. I mean, not at all. I it's heavy handed in that courtroom it, it, later. It's very heavy handed, and I mean, all the Fae pretty much have Irish accents. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's very much. Uh, well, you and know. Th- there was. Go ahead. Okay. You go ahead. All right, sorry, we had like a data, we had like a weird data cutoff. Um, oh, okay. uh, but no, um, in there, th- there's like that real heavy-handed part in the courtroom where it's like he even says like he says essentially like they're bringing their sick, their criminals, and their rapists. <laughs> he basically he basically says like the cla- like the the now unfortunately classic Donald Trump quote about people like they they're leaning into it. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. So are, are we upset by the, the how heavy-handed this is? Not how heavy-handed it is. It's just that I guess at this point it's still too early to see where it's going. Mm. So we don't know yet if it's going to be put to good use or if it's just there because, hey, this like is reflective of our society right now and people will recognize it and um, all it really teaches me because you know also it's based on real historical I mean um, during gangs of New York era New York like you know immigrants from Ireland and Italy and them were equally treated badly um, it just reconfirms that humans are just trash in general and we're always <laughs> going to hate on another group that's different for whatever reason uh, you know whether it's it's proper or not it's just always going to be like, oh, these new people are coming in. They're going to take our jobs and our resources, and they're a bunch of murderers and thieves. And as uh, so you know, what people are just garbage. <laughs> um, so as we see, Cara Delevingne's character of Vignette is one of the persons that is in charge of getting refugees off of the the island where they're being brutally yeah. murdered. And she gets, yeah, she's a coyote. Yeah, she's essentially a coyote. Uh, she's and she even admits it later. She's like, I wasn't doing it out of you know the benefit of my heart. I was getting paid to do it. Uh, she was on mm-hmm. a, she was on a boat that was coming to the Berg or the Berg, the Burge, the Burge, the Berg, the Berg. Yeah, is uh, it Burge? It looked like Burge to me. I thought again, it was not Bruges. mix again. I, I mean, it looks like it. I, I thought they, they said Burgish. Yeah, because a lot later of on, they said that, yeah, they're Burgish men. Yeah, there. these proper British words uh, don't roll easily off my Hispanic tongue. Either way, they uh, <laughs> they were on a ship on their way there, and it though they were avoiding cannon fire, uh, they I guess they didn't take into account like the bad weather, and it it essentially destroyed the ship. She gets tossed. Everybody dies except for her. She winds up on the shore of the Burge, Burge, whatever. And, uh, (laughs) they, they essentially say that she was on that ship. So she is owned by whoever owned that ship. And she has to pay off the rest of her Mm -hmm. indentured ship to, uh, to that family. So she gets sent to live with that family as a handmaiden. Um, and that's who we and found. Uh, the, that's when we found Imogen Spurnrose. That is cool. <laughs> do you, now? Do we think that the, uh, like Mister Spurnrose, whatever her brother, I think, right? Um, that guy. Do we think that he actually is a benevolent figure or not? Based on his exchanges, honestly, at this point, I just think that he's an oblivious figure. Like he, he's gonna, he's gonna have absolutely no idea what's going on ever, like any time. Okay. Um. Yeah. That's fair. That's that's how I see it. What about you, John? Yeah, you seem kind of like uh, uh, what's going on? Who is this girl? Why are you bringing her to me? Like what's right? And he then was- he's he's completely oblivious about the next door neighbor that's moving in, which becomes a bigger plot point later. Like his sister is obsessed with it because she's she's of the age of twenty four and yet has not been married, so she's going to become an old maiden here soon. Uh, she's yeah, if you're a piece of shit, that happens though. Yeah, I mean this is also true. <laughs> um, I mean, the big pe- thing that happens with that is she goes over there trying to uh, woo whoever the new rich neighbor is without knowing who it is and finds out that, hey, hey, hey it's a rich fae person. Like, they're the ones uh-huh. who are the, he's the one who owns the, the, the house next door now. Yeah, that was the whole, that, that uh, comparison there was just super, like, on the nose of, like, oh, I'm the master of the house. And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then later yeah. on, she's all like, well, we left there almost immediately, of course. Yeah. Uh, like a black sheriff <laughs> worked in blazing <laughs> saddles. Yeah. Uh, then we have um, uh, 
vignette going to meet one of her friends at the Tetterly Hotel? Is yeah, that, the, the tourmaline. The, she, she's going to... That tourmaline. Yeah. Tourmaline. Um, she knows of Philo being alive. She explains to uh, vignette that Philo is alive, who's, who's thought that Philo's been dead for the last seven years. Yep. Uh, yeah, she was she was sporting uh, this like widow's braid thing that was a pretty big point of contention between her and Spurnrose lady. Yeah, because Spurnrose went to go touch it, and she's like, "You can't, don't do that." I thought it was going to be more important. I didn't know it was going to be a widow's braid. I thought it was going to be more like, you know, uh, was it Beijing uh, when those men, the soldiers, can't have their ponytails cut or else they can't return to the Forbidden City. Oh, like, yeah. I thought it was going to be something like that, but it ended up being I just a you, widow's braid. You put a lot more thought into I it. Than the <laughs> <laughs> well, they, she just set it up as really important because they show it more than once. In the beginning, they show her like thinking about it, uh, and then later on in that scene with her. Well, if she was a Dothraki, that would have meant that she lost the battle. Well, I also thought it was going to have. It might have had something to do like Avatar wise, <laughs> like um, the like James Cameron avatar. Oh, like, okay. like she was going to need it to connect to other Faye or something oh. like that. There's like some sensory nerves yeah. in there. Or but something. no, because when she was rubbing on it on the ship and the other person was trying to talk to her, she had to come out of a trance, but it was more of her yeah. just coming out of a memory. Yeah. She was just like thinking about yeah, like, but, all that good birch tea she was getting. <laughs> so when, uh, when she, she cuts it off because ooh, she's a woman that's been spurned now. Uh, she's gonna Spurn go burn roast maybe. Oh Ooh. no! Uh, <laughs> she she takes the knife from the the spurn roses, cuts it off, and then goes after Philo because he needs to pay for you know lying to her for all this time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was like, why did she tell me that you were dead? And I was like, well, because I told her to tell you I was dead. I mean, do we think there's gonna be more story behind that? Oh yeah. Or is it just gonna be simple? There as, has to be. Yeah. I don't. I didn't want. I didn't want to be with you anymore. No. There's there's a much bigger deal going on behind it that he doesn't really want to want to explain. Obviously, he's a good guy because he's one of the few people that's being shown as kind and um. Uh, you know, like just to the uh, the Fey. You know what's kind of funny is that I find it I find it funny that the the way they depict him is that the only reason why he's kind and just to the Fey is because he fought with the just the, with with the Fey like during the war. Had he not done yeah. that, would he have been that way? Possibly. But yeah, that was that was a thing. But I I don't know if it's one of those situations where it's like um, people used some small thing as like an explainer to people who are on the opposite side of an issue for why they're in, why they feel that way. Mm -hmm. Like they, they point to this one thing rather than trying to say like, no, this is just what's good, right, and just. Right, you know? exactly. Okay, fair enough. He's definitely <laughs> lawful good. Well, he also, at one point when he's having <laughs> having sex with the lady that's the lady of the house that he's renting a room from, like she asked him about mm -hmm. the scar on his back. It also happens to be a scar that's really near where a wing would be. I kind of thought that maybe he was a fae that got his wings cut off. Yeah, that was something that I was like, that's kind of an unusual scar placement there. And, uh, and I didn't think about it in that particular sense, but I was like, no, this is something that is going to be really integral and we're going to learn a lot more about this. How, uh, now that you mention it, I kind of have this just formulated an idea. What if he was like a human, half human, half fae? So that's what the other thing I was going to bring up is that what if he is actually is half, half fae, half human? Like, uh, and that's the reason why he is actually more of, like, hey, the Fae need to be treated uh, res uh, with respect kind of thing. Not so much that he fought with them during the war. Mm -hmm. That definitely stands to reason. Yeah. So uh, I also thought it was interesting because we don't see any male pixies, even though we're told that there are some. 
Um, I saw. It, it, it was an that was an odd one. I don't know if it's because those are the people who are able to set themselves up to be taken as servants elsewhere, or if it's that's just a representation issue in the writing in the first episode. Because the, the the way that they refer to them is that they're just fae, which is a normal thing for magical creatures in right. lore in general. Right. So at, at first, it almost felt like they were saying just these pixie people were like the entirety of the fae until we saw the other ones. Right. Because then most it, most of the, most of the ram people the ram uh uh what they call them pans yeah uh most of the pans were male except for the uh, the lady that was running that the spurn rose house like she was Mm -hmm. also a pan no and there was also that um the one that had the little meat cart oh that's right yeah Yeah. the the original i forgot about that she was a and they asked about her father yeah so um he uh philo finds the unseelie jack uh, he he's a sailor that's every three weeks is given shore leave. He takes out all of his anger on the Fey by claw hammering one to almost death. Goes back to a ship. Uh, Philo chases him down in the middle of Carnival Row. The dude, instead of being taken in prisoner, like decides to throw himself off a, off a roof. But before he do, he does, he says, "I'm killing them for a reason because they are bringing along a darkness, a, an evil, uh, a, an evil so bad it's going to kill everybody." Uh, then the end of the episode mm-hmm. uh, ends with us kind of seeing some type of really evil that pulls a woman, a fae woman, into a cave to devour her, and mm-hmm. in, in a little bit more heavy-handedness, as the show has already shown us to do, <laughs> it repeats his lines verbatim of, so, hey, if you forgot what we were talking yeah. about earlier, this yeah, could be that big evil. That's the thing. <laughs> it looked like a death claw from uh, Fallout. For some I don't reason. know what that is. It's uh, basically <laughs> a, a large mutated it's a big old boy. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I mean, that's pretty much what we got in this first episode. It's setting up a lot. It, we have Jared Harris, I think, is probably one of the big... Uh, him and Orlando Bloom are probably the bigger bigger actors in this. Mm, yeah. Jared Harris is playing the chancellor of one of the sides of the political parties in this uh, this world. His son is really into having sex with uh, furly women. Pixies. Pixies. Um, I like how they alluded to having sex with the Fae as uh, sticking your wiener inside a bag of oiled ferrets or yeah, something. Grease what, ferrets. Yeah, grease ferrets. I was like, <laughs> what is? What kind of weird? I was like, I, whoa. Yeah, who's the? Is that supposed to sound good to somebody? Like, where did yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you could see it coming from the guy who says it. Like, he's trying to make it sound disgusting, but the way he's acting when he says it was like that's is fetish. that it's pleasure <laughs> pleasurable so it doesn't the two things don't go together it doesn't make any sense yeah, yeah it, it, like it the does. last time i ate watermelon it was so good it was like mm, just like sandpaper on my tongue yeah. you know? <laughs> mm. <laughs> great great watermelon uh, is there anything else that the two of you wanted to bring up about the show at this point i like the way it's filmed i also think that orlando bloom is doing his best jason statham ever <laughs> like the first thing you see him and the way he talks sounds just like Jason Statham. He's he's definitely playing a badass that he normally wouldn't be doing. He normally does not. Uh, like he just like takes people on and like just without even thinking about it in most cases. Um, he shrugs off injuries like he got hit in the face with a bottle and a hammer and a hammer. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, whatever, you know. Like, and he can like he was able to fight this other police officer that apparently didn't know who he was yeah that, i thought that was weird too like one one of the two cops in the very beginning knows what knew, knows that he's an inspector and the other one doesn't like yeah 
Like that's really mm-hmm. odd. Like this guy must have been like his, his first day on the force. And he something. was just like, you know what? My first day on the force, I'm gonna go pick on some fae people. Like yeah. fuck them. Um, I like the potential. I, I took that this issue show with has. a little bit of the editing for this. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, there was like there was a difference in timing. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just oh, saying I, I that. Just, uh, I took issue <laughs> with some of the editing for the stuff. Uh huh. You go. Uh, like the specifically that punch, um, the punch where he where he got punched in there. Where, where I'm sorry, where he punched the guy. The editing of it set it up like it was gonna be like, oh damn, he's gonna like he's gonna scare the shit out of that dude, you know. Uh, and then he does the whole thing with the knife where he like puts a knife towards the guy's face. But it was so fast paced where it was like I, I don't feel like he was a badass there. No, it's I, it's more I that he know. just surprised him and 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 caught him off guard. Yeah. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. There was that as well as a few other scenes where the pacing felt kind of off. And I, I'm assuming it's an editing thing like the chase between the two, um, between the him and uh, whatever Jack the Ripper guy um, that chase like they did a bunch of stuff like that was a bunch of set work and like camera planning and different stuff. And there didn't feel like there was any stakes. Yeah, no, it didn't feel it didn't feel like that at all. Um I hope I hope the show gets better. Like it's it. I, I was kind of looking forward to it. Maybe I hyped it up a little bit too much, but I like this the look, the aesthetic of this the show. To me, personally, yeah, the, the the look is probably the best thing it has going on for it right now. The story itself, some of the writing is definitely very questionable. I'm very curious about the lore, though. I think that's what's gonna make it or break it for me. Mm. If it's interesting enough, like oh, the fairies, you know, when they get put through and just enough oppression then you know they they concentrate and become bad or something you know like that there's definitely a lot of potential there um i just hope it doesn't suck you know this, this, i hope it doesn't we're, suck we're gonna, too. we're gonna sit through like what eight episodes of this eight episodes yeah yeah so i i it's you know i hope it's just pleasurable you know <laughs> steven okay. uh the visuals were one of the things uh, I, I watched this one with naima my girlfriend and uh, like that was one of the first things. Like the beginning, we we're like, you know, damn, this looks pretty good visually. And then throughout, it looks good visually. But I definitely take issues with other parts. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we'll be back next week for episode two. If you have any opinions on this show or any of the stories we talked about this week, we'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G E M. G E M stands for Geekly Media. John is also on Twitter as I am at Magic Bollocks. Steven can be found on Twitter and everywhere else on the internet. As either Peppermint Gentleman or Peppermint Gent for short. Uh, the rest of Geekly Media is at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archives of this podcast and other podcasts on our, on our network at our website, geeklymedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.